Marshall. So that was the uh, loyalty freak music last energy for the day. Um, I found this on the free music archive, so I thought I'd give him some credit here. Um, so I was out running the other day and I thought, Hey, um, wouldn't it be nice to have a running podcast on a daily basis or a weekly basis where, uh, you know, 15 to 20 minutes talking about a topic that you can easily digest on your lunch break and, um, you know, get, get some of the discussion going. So, um, I, I can't, I don't think we can do it daily, but, uh, we're going to do it more of a, uh, maybe twice a week, maybe a weekly uh, thing where, uh, we get together some good people from my running group, Sin City Running Group, um, and, and discuss certain topics. Uh, this week we went together to uh, vote on a certain topic, and they uh, tied between, um, let's see, uh, so it was nutrition and uh, shoes and races were the three top vote-getters out of nine votes. So I don't have a lot of people voting, but um, we decided on the uh, the actual podcast to focus on nutrition. So I hope you enjoy the conversation. Um, uh, myself, I'm Lachlan McGregor. I am the uh, founder of the Sin City Running Group. We are based in Mason, Ohio. And uh, it's been about two years since I've started the running group and got a pretty good following um, I've also got Andrew Wetterer, who has run multiple 100 milers, run uh, multiple ultra races above marathons. Uh, he's also done quite a few marathons as well. Um, Sarah Fishbach has uh, done several marathons, several half marathons, as well as a few ultras. And uh, Steve Teisel, who has done several marathons and is part of the, uh, all three of those people have been part of the group for quite a while. Uh, we also have Heidi Heichel, who I probably pronounced her last name incorrectly, um, but she is based uh, a little north of here in Dayton, Ohio, and uh, she is the uh, race director for another damn 50K as well as uh, Possum Creek, I believe. Uh, she is primarily a, a ultra marathon. Well, she does ultra races, but she's also an Ironman. Uh, Andrew is also an Ironman, so I think I'd point that out because... Uh, uh, I'm always in awe of of people that have gone above and beyond to uh, do some great things in terms of running. So anyway, with that said, this uh, this podcast is going to be about 30 minutes long. Um, I'm going to try to cut down that in the future to more of like a 15 to 20 minute range. Although with a running topic, you know, maybe we, we maybe we'll keep it at 30 minutes. I don't know. We'll see where it goes. Um, but I hope you appreciate it. I hope you enjoy listening and, uh, any feedback, please let me know. Um, with that said, here is the first episode of Sin City Runaround. Uh, name is in flux. So, uh, I, I think, um, we, we discussed, uh, possibly the Sin City Sprint Around or Sprint, uh, of some sort, the Sin City Sprint, but, um, we'll get there. At this point, it's the Sin City Runaround. So, all right. Peace out. Thanks. So, I haven't figured out how to record this. So, I've got a Zoom meeting recording um, going, and I will have to dig back into it and figure out how to to delve deep into it to, to shorten it. But, um, okay. So, there, there was some questions about nutrition recently um, from... Um, I 
forget his name offhand. Unhurt. I want to say Unhurt, and I'm probably going to butcher the name. Um, but he was just asking uh, a good question about nutrition. Specifically, it was a question about getting uh, pre-run, pre long run specifically. Yeah, Utkarsh. Uh, and yeah, I probably still butcher the name, but it's U-T-E-K-A-R-S-H. Uh, he's, he's a new member of the group. Uh, he has not been to any of our runs, but one of the questions he asked, uh, if I can get off there. So would like to know if you suggest any pre and post run gels or powders for long runs more than 30 kilometers. Would also like to know if you suggest taking protein powder for weekly mileage of around 50 kilometers. So just going off of that, I mean, my, my, uh, my personal experience is that I rarely have a lot before a race, certainly in the morning. Uh, I've never had any protein powder before in in my training routine. Although I I, I have um, I have taken protein powder during training during the weeks and such when I was first kind of rolling into the new training routine, trying to um, uh, just just to be a healthier person and to get more calories because I, I'm a, a lightweight person. For those that you know me, that I'm very lightweight. I'm like 150 and sound like a stick running but um so trying to keep up that weight while still running a lot of miles that was a concern of mine at one point it isn't any longer um but uh, there were a few people in the the chat that were in the comment section that were saying that protein powder is, is a go-to have you have either uh steve have you done protein powder before a run or before a race even um, never before a race, uh, usually races like on race day. And again, I'm a little bit out of the game, but you know, back in the day on race day, it was usually, I was pretty much fasted. Um, my carbo loading and all that kind of stuff would usually, if it was a Sunday race, would start Thursday. And the night before race, usually a light eating. I wouldn't, I wouldn't eat that much. And primarily cause I didn't want to carbo unload during the race. So. I would pretty much go in, you know, my, my cells would be fattened up uh, as much as I could three or four days beforehand. And that goes the same with, with hydration. I would just drink as much water, beet juice. Um, I was, I'm a big fan of using coconut water. Uh, last couple of really long runs, marathons, I did completely without any uh, gel, without any goo shots. Gatorade, none of that stuff. I just took straight water, hit every orange, stop. I did carry, <laughs> uh, for, for quick carbs, I would carry gummy bears. Um, what was the other thing I carried? I think I had a couple of noon tablets as an emergency fallback, but I did carry like a, a quart of uh, coconut water. And that was that was the flying pig when it got to like 85. It was yeah. pretty hot, so... That it worked. Was, uh, I mean, you know, it worked out pretty well. Okay. Yeah, I, but as far as protein goes, I'm sorry to answer your question. Protein is really good for um, muscle reconditioning when you're doing a lot of strength and cross training. So for muscle recovery, uh, you know, like even now, if I if I lift weights or something, within an hour of a workout, I'll do like a little bit of cottage cheese or a yogurt or something. I don't go crazy with the, with the protein. The American diet is pretty protein heavy as it is. So True. you're just making your urine expensive. Well, we, and Andrew and I were actually talking and just a, a slight interjection here because I screw this up every time 
that I've even tried this podcasting thing. So uh, in the in the audio, or, or sorry, in the room right now, I've got uh, Andrew Wetterer, uh, Sarah, and I'm going to screw up your last name, Frischbach, right? Uh, okay. And uh, Steve Teisel. So all, all um, old, older members of the Sin City group, but uh, I, I should do some introductions here. And of course, of course, there's me, the, uh, the fearless leader of the group. So Lachlan. Um, okay. So anyway, Andrew, I know you and I were just actually talking about this on our run the other day um, that uh, you kind of feel the same way in terms of protein that we all, especially with the way that the, the diet, as, as, as Steve put it, the American diet is basically protein rich anyway. So you're, you're kind of agreeing with that then? Yeah, I mean, to Steve's point, I used to take some protein back when I lifted more. Um, but, you know, you know, but not everybody will know this. You know, I've done several marathons, several 50 milers, a couple hundred milers. I've never supplemented them with, with protein powder of any sort. I don't, I don't go over the top with any sort of um, powders, any sort of pills, anything like that, uh, as far as protein is concerned. Um, even, even when I went vegetarian last year, you know, I was still getting way more than enough protein, generally speaking for what I was doing, you know, and some, there are runners out there who, you know, run more than I do and, and they get more protein than they need to based on the, the normal diet that most of us are probably eating. Um, maybe not everywhere, maybe not everyone for various reasons, illness or otherwise, but generally speaking, most people, my understanding is, and from what I've read, get more than enough. So no, I, I don't take any almost, like I said, it's probably been four or five years. The last time I took any sort of protein powder. Yeah. Like I always, as I follow a few dietitians on Instagram and they always go on about having your protein within like an hour of finishing a long run. Yeah. I mean, I'll go in and I'll have, you know, something with protein after race, but it's not a, it's not a supplement, I guess we'll, we'll say. I I've guess always been, and I, I've always been some, um, one to do definitely doing protein after a long run. Like, cause I'll go every, every, after every long run on the weekends, I will have two eggs usually some sort of bacon, some toast. I mean, I load up on that protein. I load up on breakfast. It's a, it's a common thing for me. I mean, I, I don't think it's, it's been a very long time since I've come home after a, a long run without grabbing a couple eggs afterwards. Um, but I mean, definitely not for any, like, I don't, I don't change my diet per se during the week. I, I mean, I was talking to um, Angie, who's doing her first first actual marathon and she's done actually done a 50k but she's doing a marathon this weekend for the virtual boston and she was asking me like what to do leading up to a race or leading up to that right and and i always hear about before a, a race like a long race a marathon or, or further like what kind of you know you usually got to carb up that's what everybody says carb up and and um I, I do know that uh, my advice to people is always, you know, hey, before before race, you want to probably carb low, but don't overdo it because, uh, well, one is most people try to do it like the night before a race and it's wasted because, uh, especially with regular pasta, it's just, it's, it burns too quickly. 
um, or they'll they'll they don't get the whole wheat pasta or the complex carbs before like on a Thursday. Yeah, Lachlan, I had always been told, I'm not a nutritionist, anything like that, but I had always heard it takes 36 hours to kind of break down those complex carbs. So if you're eating, you know, a pound of pasta the night before a, a pig race, the only thing you're doing is, you know, that's going to sit in your gut and make you feel heavy or, or worse. So you really need, you know, if the race is Saturday, you need to be having that probably Thursday night. Um, if the race is Sunday, probably Friday night is really when you want to have your your carbs but you really should be taking them throughout the week you know drink your drink some um electrolyte tablets whatever your electrolyte of choice is uh powder of choice is you know gatorade in my case sword tailwind whatever drink that through the week have maybe a few extra carbs throughout the week maybe you know maybe you have your your steak and broccoli maybe make it steak and potatoes um throughout the week I love potatoes. a few more uh, carbs here and there, but you don't you don't necessarily need to go having a pound of pasta the night before a race. It's just not going to make you feel well. Yeah, I, I agree with all that. Um, there's actually a really interesting documentary. I think it was on PBS. It was like a Nova show. You can probably find it on YouTube. And it and the premise is they took uh, like a half a dozen or a dozen people that had never run a marathon before. And they basically said, okay, you've got a year to get ready for Boston. And uh, part of what they did is they would show how people with their conditioning over the year, like some people were getting injured and some people were, you know, hitting their own personal fitness wall and stuff like that. But there was a part of the, part of the show described physiologically what actually happens as you condition over the year. And part of it was as you get closer to race day, the whole carb loading uh, debate and they did talk about like what's going on in your cells when you hit about mile 2022 like you know you hit the wall and there's actually a physiological breakdown that's happening and why people just bonk and you know the conditioning is going to help you get through that but there is also that that you know to Andrew's point the 36 hour car breakdown of that processing that's why it is important to get the right nutrition three days beforehand and it, it can't be like one of those panic things where you're just ingesting as many calories blindly thinking that you're not going to do something for this race. Um, you know, those, those couple days before the race, there's no, there's no amount of training or eating or <laughs> extra going to make a difference on a race day. You're, you're, you're already two weeks beforehand. So all you're trying to do is just make sure your, your cells aren't going to crash prematurely and leave you hanging in the middle of the event. So again, the, you know, the hydration and, and having a good routine of what you're consuming for several weeks before the big event is really important. It can't be the night before. It's like, it's like, it's like cramming for a test, you know, cramming for an exam. Yeah, it's too I, late the night before. Well, I'm, I'm a big proponent of, of training everything you possibly can going into a race. So if you're doing something that's abnormal before a race, then you're probably not doing it right if, if, because you should not be going to a race. Like for me, I, I bought a new pair of shorts. That was the dumbest thing ever. I chafed like nothing else. It was the worst thing ever. Uh, the Nova show is called Marathon Challenge. It's from 2007, uh, and it's available on PBS, and it looks like Amazon. So I think that's what you're talking about there. 
Um, explore what it takes physically, mentally for novice runners to make it through a classic test of endurance. Uh, speaking of, we've got Heidi who just entered the room. Uh, we were we were talking about nutrition as our topic of the night, so that's what we were listening to. If you want to say hello, hello. <laughs> so so the question went back to uh, the we had a question in the room from Utkarsh. Uh, can, can, I'm gonna butcher the name, but uh, just asking about. Uh, getting increasing the mileage and under like knowing how to use gels powders for the longer runs and I know you run a lot of longer runs in your history so I don't know what what do you do in terms of preparing for your longer mileage or if you want to actually if you probably want to introduce yourself too I I do a horrible job of introducing people but uh go ahead <laughs> And you're muted, by the way. <laughs> Were you talking to me? Yes, I am. Oh, okay. Great. What was the question about longer runs? Yeah, just, well, I know you've run, you've done a lot of longer runs. You're a race director for a longer run, more, yeah. more ultras, and you're, you love, you're more of an ultra fan. Um, so yeah. the question was, as you increase mileage, what, what do you do to prepare for like your weekly longer runs when you start increasing your mileage? What kind of nutrition do you change to prepare for that? Is there anything that you do before like a race that you would, that you do differently than you do during your training or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so longer runs, I've learned the hard way that water is imperative. <laughs> um, I've gotten some runs where I've just gone pretty far and um, didn't have access to water, didn't bring water with me. And then my training run actually suffered. Um, I would go from my house out to Beaver Creek Station to Xenia and between Beaver Creek Station and Xenia, there's no water fountains. And then with the pandemic, with water fountains being shut off, um, oh, water is way more important than gels and um, electrolytes during like a training run. But I would also recommend that you do a test race. Um, so if you are going to use gels, then, you know, take them with you. And then at those points during your training run, where you think you're going to take it, um, you know, in the race situation, then take it in a training run. And I would do that like a week or two out. So if you lift your stomach gets upset due to whatever nutrition you're taking, then you'll know before race day. Yeah, the, the I, I, I definitely, I, my advice to people, especially when it comes to water is uh, I carry a water bottle. I usually carry all of, I got my, my uh, orange mud double barrel that I carry with me and anything over 10 miles. I usually have it on me. I carry it. I, I, I put it on. Um, it's always over. I always overdo it. And I'm absolutely fine with that. I would prefer to have more, but it also gives me an impression or the, the whole experience of having that with me the entire time on the race. Um, because I'm always using it during training. Um, I, I, and to me, I, I just don't, I would prefer to be overprepared, especially like during a race, I will have both of those double barrels. I'll have usually at least two or three snack packs of refills on my tailwind, which is my nutrition of choice because I have a really weak stomach when it comes to, I, I always on races, I get nervous. 
I get stressed out before a race, uh, even after so many I've done, and my stomach is just not not able to handle solid food. So tailwind's my my way to do it. Uh, that I mean, honestly, like if you're having problems with stomach problems during a training run or during any type of running situation, uh, trying one of those powders. There's Sword. There's Infinite. There's uh, Tailwind. There's uh, probably a few others. Noon, noon is more of an electrolyte. Um, so and we're actually going to have that again. We're, uh, this Saturday is the virtual Boston run from Morrow down to uh, 50 West and we'll be set up in Milford. I'll have some nutrition there. We'll have some bananas. We'll have a bunch of noon, hopefully, uh, from my friend that uh, doesn't want hers. And so we'll be giving those out as well. Um, anyway, little plug. Awesome. And what you also mentioned is bringing your own nutrition. And I think that's really important um, on any race because you, you don't know what that aid station is going to have, or you're going to get to an aid station and it's going to be out of that item. Like when I did a burning river at, uh, I don't know, aid station around mile 20, even though they, it was a really nice uh, packet, you know, that they put together about, you know, aid station and what's going to be at the aid station they were out of pickle juice. <laughs> and that was something oh. that I was really counting on. <laughs> yeah. But then never be also, out of with, juice. yeah. And then also what um, I've noticed is I have a stronger stomach when it comes to ultras. Um, so I have tried some newer stuff during ultras and it, it tended to work out. Um, but salt's also really important. The hotter the day is, the more you're sweating. Um, at doggone long, I just kept tripping. And when I, you know, when you get tired, you can't lift your feet. So you trip. Um, that salt um, that everyone was, you know, giving me along the way was really a race saver. Um, and some people have like the pills and the pills do not absorb as fast as just any salt or any electrolyte drink. So I, that's I another thing had, to be mindful. My, my buddy, uh, Art, uh, who's part of the group too? He uh, in Air Force Marathon. He he had followed me or not followed me. Somehow we connected around mile nine, and he had salt tablets. That was the first time, first time and last time I've ever done salt tablets. I don't know that it did any any good because I've had I had a lot of other problems during that race, but uh, it was interesting, and I'm sure you're probably correct. I um yeah the um. And in, in, in terms of, like I said, the, the, the stuff that I usually get, I usually have a pack of like three goos as well for like emergency situations. If, if I'm, and honestly, and I was talking about this the other day with, with my friend Angie is, is uh, if, I, if I need to use that, normally I know before, before the race even begins, I start off the day and I could just feel it. And normally what I'll do is within the net, like first five miles, I'll, I'll break out a goo and just do it because I know already that I'm not quite there. Uh, and I would prefer to just deal with it early. And I, I don't know, that's just from experience over time, you start learning how your body reacts to things. And, and mm -hmm. I've been, I've been in that situation where I felt that way. And I know automatically I'm like, there's no way if I even try to go to like mile 10 and, and do it then it's, it's going to be a wasted effort and I'm just going to die. So <laughs> <laughs> well, remember that in yeah, your upcoming race. What's that? Remember that for your upcoming race. Yeah. Well, I yeah. I have no idea how to handle a fifty miler. I, I I know how to handle a forty five miler. Finally, but yeah. <laughs> we'll pretend it's a forty five miler with a few uh, warm up and cool down miles in. Well, it's, it's the hills are going to kill me. 
but um <laughs> and and uh, yeah so i mean the one thing that i do know is that anything over a marathon is a completely different experience any ultras have just been there's just a, just a completely different experience you just walk into that age and i like you were saying heidi like I think my stomach actually handles it differently too. Like in a marathon, I think I, I finally worked out the bugs by the time I get to that mileage. And then, and then I'm, my stomach calms down after that, but definitely walking into an aid station at an ultra is such a different experience than walking into like a marathon aid station, like night mm -hmm. and day. Yeah. And you definitely have to eat food during an ultra. Yes. Yeah. Some sort of solid food, mashed potatoes, um, although the other day I didn't, I didn't want any at the time, but um, mashed potatoes are fantastic. Pickle juice, it, honestly, like when I did my 50K, my first 50K was like pickle juice and uh, Icy Pops. Those are my two. I love those. Like, <laughs> I, one them. of the things, what? Combine them. Pickle juice Icy Pops <laughs> for you on a hot day. That would actually be awesome. I can't do pickle juice. I can't do icy pops, but that's me. Everybody's different. Yeah. I just remember walking into an aid station and like, everybody's just chill and, and in marathons or half marathons. So, you know, it's just like, go, go, go. You just, nobody wants to talk to anybody. It's like, just give me the, give me the damn water and I'm going to go. I'm going to go right now. I got to, I can't wait. You, oh my God, you're taking way too long. And like, after, after I did the, um, the 50 K it's like I, everything be, for me, as a runner became more relaxed in my run. I'm not as stressed out like I normally was. And I, I actually take more time at aid stations on, on those types of races just as much because I usually, like, like I was saying, I always carry my two water bottles, uh, you know, about, about mile 15 or so, I'm usually refilling both bottles and I stop and I, I refill them, you know, I pour my snack back in there, I refill them and I move along. I don't, I'm not in a damn hurry anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's the beauty of ultras. It's people like actually talk to each other. I remember I did broken toe and I was sitting at the finish and random people just talked to me and I was like, are, are you talking to me? Right. It's just a, a community and it's a completely different vibe. It is cool. It is cool. The uh and and, and I, I think we'll probably talk about that on a future future conversation on this. I I do want to keep it short. Um, so the, the idea here is, is like a 15 to 20 minute conversation and, and plus it's going to tell me that it ending in 10 minutes anyway. Um, anyway, so I'll cut this down to like 15 minutes and then we'll, we'll post it. Uh, hopefully this is a good, you know, lunch time listen for people that uh, want to join in. I, I don't think I'm going to do it daily. I, I mentioned that earlier. I think I was over, just over shooting for it, but I, I, it was just one of those thoughts where I was listening to one of those my daily podcasts that I had and I was like, this would be a really neat idea to have like a running thing, a, a brief running podcast where people could listen, get some perspective on different topics and, and then move about their day. So, you know, today we did nutrition. Um, maybe we'll do a straw poll next time, or maybe we'll just focus on one of the other topics there. Um, any, any closing comments before we shut down the, uh, the, the daily here? Yeah, I guess I have a few more things to add. So um, if you're not familiar with doing a sweat test, a sweat test is an excellent way to kind of figure out how much water you lose. So um, 
you know, a hot day, let's say it's 80, 90 degrees and you're going to go for an hour run, weigh yourself in the nude before you run, put your clothes on, go out, go run, come back, strip your clothes off and then weigh yourself again. And then if you did take water during uh, your run, just um, account for that. But let's say, you know, I typically lose five pounds in an hour. So that's um, a good rule of thumb for when you are out racing. Um, another thing is nutritionists can help you dial in how much electrolytes you need during a race. So how much calories you need and then how much salt. So it would be beneficial to uh, get help from an, an RD um, with that. And then um, just be mindful that humidity is just as bad. So humidity has a really adverse um, effect on running. So not just the heat, but the humidity is going to take more out of you as well. It certainly takes the speed out of me. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. I went from like, a, was it last week when we went from like 90,000 degrees one day and it was like the very next day, it was like, uh, it was just humidity. The dew point just dropped like a rock. And it, uh, it was so interesting to just look at my two runs. I, and I do a 5k at lunch pretty much every day. And my times, I went, I was doing like a nine and a half when the humidity dropped where I was doing like, I, I don't even know. I was walking a lot when the humidity was around. So I'm really enjoying these, these fall days for sure. Um, where, so in terms of a nutritionist, cause you, you mentioned that, um, what is the, do you know, like the best approach to, to finding one if somebody were, were to look for someone like that? Um, I just know like some word of mouth, like if Runners Plus used to have nutrition days with Elizabeth Beal, um, Michelle Kitsy is also very involved in the running community here in Dayton. Um, so you could ask her and she could point you in the right direction. Um, so just looking for more sports nutritionists, you can go into a running store and ask if they have any suggestions or um, like Michelle Kitsy is a great resource. If anyone uh, wants her contact information, just let me know. Okay. Cool. I, yeah, I've, I've never, I, I, I tend to just go off of, of gut feel on a lot of stuff and I probably would do better to, to actually reach out to people that could analyze some of the, the ways that I do things. So um, mm -hmm. I'd probably ignore them though. So it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> and then also with the heat, if you're running in the heat at lunch, um, you know, your, your run is going to suffer. Um, and when you run in the cool, you're going to be faster. If you are heat training or that's the only time you have, that's fine, but you're going to run like crap in the heat. Um, so it's yeah. better to run in cooler temperatures when you can get a successful training run in, unless you know that you have um, a hot race coming up. And that's when you'll see people like wearing long sleeve clothing out or black clothing out on a hot day is because they're doing that heat training. Yeah. Um, and so Mm -hmm. Andrew, Andrew did a lot of that heat training when he was out, when he was out to crew for, uh, um, Melanie, right? Is that her name? Oh well, yeah, Mel, Mel and Jack out in Badwater in various years. But yeah, I mean, the first thing, you know, the first cool, cooler day that, uh, that I guess really the first kind of warmer day, you know, people go and they shed all their layers and they put on their t-shirt, they put on their shorts. Reality is, you know, wear, wear that long sleeve maybe a little longer. It might feel slightly uncomfortable, but it'll it'll help you kind of acclimate a little bit more 
to that weather at hand when it gets a little bit warmer on you know, the first really warm, actually warm day, you'll feel a little bit more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Well, I know, I know a lot of people that run at four or five in the morning, most of the summer, even some of the, the, the winter because of kids or whatever. It's usually time. Um, I don't have time in the morning and I, and if I do wake up that early, it's because I have to work, but, um, I, I just tend to go at lunch because I'm used to it and it's a 5k and it's no big deal. I'm not concerned about getting a specific goal in mind for that training running just to get the, the miles on the legs at that point. So, um, I, I yeah, but it, it's definitely a good point. I, I know we did, we do, and hopefully I want to start this up soon. If I can get someone to lead this is Wednesday nights over at the track in Mason. We're going to do uh, some more speed work here shortly. So um, once we get that started up, um, 630, like honestly, like this is a good time of year to start that back up too uh, if the track's free. I just don't know with, with all the different uh, precautions and everything, if with, and especially with the sports schedules changing up, I don't know what's going on there either. So, all right. Um, Steve, any, any closing words? I know you've been kind of quiet there. No, thanks for putting this together. This is kind of nice chatting with everyone and listening to the conversation. I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks. Awesome. Definitely. So uh, again, if you guys appreciate this, then uh, let me know. We'll keep it going. Like I said, I, I don't know that we're going to do it daily just because of the, the timing. It's just, I, and I don't know that I can put the effort into to doing it every day. Um, so maybe we'll do it maybe once a week. Um, either way, uh, we'll get this out on some podcast stuff. We'll put I'll uh, trim some audio and see what I can do there. Um, hopefully, I've got a recording of this whole video. So if I end up not figuring out how to record the uh, audio from this, I may just post the video and figure it out afterwards. But um, we'll we'll make it work. But I appreciate everyone showing up. Uh, Andrew, Steve, Heidi, thank you very much for your input, for your conversation. And uh, hopefully we can, you can join the next time we do this. Have a good one. Thank you. All right. Cheers.